0: John chapter 5. What we're going to do is we're going to stand for the reading of verse 24 of John chapter 5. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that hears my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Dear gracious Father, we want to thank you for this word as it brought to us this morning. We want to thank you for the great, wonderful worship that we are able to sing the songs and hymns unto your glory, to exhort you, to, get, to exalt your name on high, to give you praise and glory for who you are and for what you have done for us. We're bringing the gift of salvation to our heart that we're able to rejoice with you. And Lord, with this message that I'm going to bring to this congregation, and for those who are going to hear, I ask you, bless us, to hear the, the Scripture being preached to them, Blesses all to hear it, blesses all to receive it. And we thank you in your gracious holy name. Amen. Verily, verily I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life. You all know my style of preaching. I typically have a phrase that I repeat to point put my point out. And it is, we believe. So as he's saying, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life. We believe. We believe in the Son of God. We believe in the Father who has sent him. We believe. Therefore, we will receive eternal life. Now, a lot of people have really... In this day and age, really, and I can't say how it was back in 50 years ago because I wasn't born then, but in this day and age now, more and more people is coming up with excuses on why we should not believe. And yet, I stand here today, and though I am not perfect, I stand here to tell you there has not been a thing that would get into my way with believing that Jesus Christ was perfect real for believing that god himself is the maker of the whole universe nothing had been able to bring a doubt in my mind to know that god is real yeah. Yeah. Amen. we Amen. believe yeah. and i'm in this point and i'm granted i come to you it's been a while since i've been in in front of this pulpit to preach to you God. it also has been a while since I've been fully devoted into God and studying His Scripture and stuff. But this morning, it just came to me so easily. We believe. And I thank God for it. It's the work of the Holy Spirit that is able to give us preachers, sometimes making it easy for us to be able to find the Scripture to give to His people. Sometimes it's been hard. And we dread those times. We really do. We do not want to have to struggle trying to find what it is that God wants to give to, our, to His people. And then we rejoice when He gives it to us very easily. We believe. And it's in this time when people had come up with excuses on trying to say, on hope, oh, no, God can't be real. They came up with different theories. Something that is... Opposite from God to show oh, this is another way. This is the way. And then they want to come up with different religion. We're in a time where everything, is, everything goes. Boy, I can't say that truer now than it's been in the past. But we're in that time. And yet we're standing here to say, we believe there was only one God. We believe there was only one way that was given unto eternal life. And it was done through the Son, Jesus Christ. We believe that there is only one Holy Spirit who is the work, does the works on earth to inspire people, to show them, to convict them of their sin, to show them the righteousness that is out there, that is through the scripture. We believe that the Holy Spirit is out there working in many people's hearts to bring them to their need and to come and be like one of us. We believe. Do right. Amen. Amen. Yeah. You know, and I just got done reading uh, the book of Luke. And the one thing that stands out to me as I kept reading chapter after chapter is the unbelief. And I'm not talking about the unbelief from the simple laborers. I'm talking about the unbelief from the religious leaders. The very people who had direct access to God's Holy Scripture were the very same people who will not believe who Jesus said He was. And we're in the context of what this Scripture I just gave to you. It's in the context where Jesus... Has healed the lame man, who was laying beside the pool of water, where they were waiting for an angel to come and stir it up. And Jesus walked by and said, "Have you not been uh, been able to get into this water?" And he said, "Lord, how can I?" For as I am lame, I'm not able to get up and walk in, and I don't have someone else to pick me up and walk me in. And even if I did, someone else would have got in before I did. And then Jesus said, well, get up and walk. And the man got up and took up his bed, and he walked. And it was on the Sabbath. And we all know this story. Boy, what happened after that? The Pharisees and the Jewish leaders came out and saying, "What are you doing, taking up your bed and walking?" And he said, "The one who healed me told me to take up my bed and walk." And he said, "Who is this person?" And Jesus, well the man said, "Well, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just like he just told me to get up and walk." Later on, he did find him again, and he went to find out. That's when Jesus told who he was, and he showed him. The man came back and told him, "It was Jesus, the Jesus of Nazareth. He's the one that." Helped me and healed me and make me walk. Oh, that did not work out for the Pharisees. No. I don't know whether they were just hoping it was somebody else. Because they've been dealing with Jesus for a while. And here, they say, oh, you should not heal on the Sabbath. I've read a lot in the Old Testament. Especially in the books of laws and where Moses has written all the different rules and stuff. There's nothing that says of what you can't do on the Sabbath. It's remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Yeah, there was in the book of the law, the Leviticus, there was a different rules where you don't actually do certain work. God even told His people, take up the manna for two days' worth, One for that, uh, the day before and one the day of. So they do not have it for He rests on that Sabbath day. But Jesus is coming out to do the works. On that Sabbath day, they don't care what he did. They just want in a way to be able to bring an offense on Jesus to say, No, he's not who he said he was. Now, you're going to go, we're going to go into verse 31. If I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. There is another who bear witness of me. So he's not standing alone That saying, I'm going to be the only witness for me to bear to you. There is another who bear witness to me. And I know that witness which he hath witnessed of me is true. Ye sent unto John, and he bear witness unto the truth. But I receive not the testimony from men, but these things I say that ye may be saved. He was a burning and shining light, and you were willing for a season. To rejoice in his light. We believe. And be thankful, we believe because there's been many men and women before us that came out as a shining light. And you could if you want to say, you could start with this John. John was a forerunner of Christ. Oh, he was an example. Boy. Well, we say that we ought to be an example of Christ, but we ought to use John as well. Granted, he tells the others that Jesus Christ must increase and I must decrease. But boy, John got a lot to teach us as well. He was a forerunner of Christ. Just as we ought to be a forerunner for Christ, being a basher for Him, and going out and telling people, Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world. Well, there's your witness. We believe because many people before yeah. us came out and they presented the gospel and said, "Behold, the Lamb of God which take away the sin of the world." Yeah. Well, we believe. Yeah. Well, I I'll tell you, I've been in church for a long yeah. time since I was a baby. I don't know. y'all well, remember the time when my dad would say he would just take me in and he'd just show me off. Yeah. So there's he started me from the very time since I was a baby. Oh and it's when I got to the moment where I realized that I'm my own person at the age of 9 and then come to know Jesus Christ as my own personal savior not my parents savior my savior I began to look for Him and look for Him to walk in my life to be able to guide me in what I need. But it took men and women who had taught me in Sunday school back in those days to show me what it is that we believe. We believe that Jesus is the Son of God who taketh away the sin of the whole world. All you people. Had a specific job. You've got your own children that you're bringing up, and you're showing them. You're the forerunner for Christ for your own children. You're a forerunner for Christ for the other people that you are in contact with. You're a forerunner. And praise God when people come out and say, we believe. Well, that's what we look for. We look for people to come to know Christ and be uh, forgiven of their sins so that they can receive the peace of God rather than the wrath of God. God. Amen. Ooh, Amen. We believe. Yeah. Amen. And there's another witness. Men 36. But I have a greater witness than that of John. For the worst which the Father has given me to finish. The same works that I do bear witness to me that the Father has sent me. I'm going to tell you this. If I see a lame man that I have known for many years that was able to get up and walk out of just pure spontaneous walking and he's just healed right after that, I'll be all like, Who on earth has the power to do such a thing? There had to have been that many people in the Old Testament that was able to do such a thing. Nevertheless, be able to do back-to-back to other people. I know there's been other prophets that was able to do it once or twice to certain different people, but I have never read someone who walked to one city to the next and just kept on healing people from there, from there, from there, from there. It was all done to the point to show that he was showing a witness of the works that he did present on who he is. Oh, but I tell you, many people still don't want to believe it. And he's speaking, this thing I'm reading to you guys, he is actually speaking it out as a rebuke to the people who will not believe. Oh, but we believe. Oh, and we're not here to be able to see it. And yet we still believe. And there's one great work that I think a lot of people, we put it in the back of our mind and we forget about it sometimes. One great work that Christ has done is the resurrection. That is the epitome, the foundation of Christianity. Without the resurrection, the disciples that he had, they were about to just disperse, be discouraged, and no longer talk about him. They were. And if it did take for him to rise up from the grave and showed him, yes, it is me. Touch the scars in my hand. See the scars in my side and the scars in my feet. I am he. Well, oh, I tell you, that has sparked Christianity. Boy, did it get them and gave them bravery that they were able to stand in the face of adversaries through those times. I'm telling you, they were being put to death for what they were speaking. They stood out and testified that Jesus Christ is Lord and He has risen today and you can come to Him. Yes, amen. And many people did not want to hear it. Right. Many one, it takes the stones. We've all, If you read the book of Acts, you know exactly what is happening in the, the very beginning of the foundation of the church. They took stones and wanted to kill them. Some seceded. That's Stephen. Others didn't secede. Paul was able to escape from it. And then we know, there's we got tradition, history, and it tells us what happened to the others. But in the Bible, we already heard on what happened to some. And man, they took the boldness to stand out and say, if it was not for all the things that Jesus had done, we would not be able to discount of what he had done. The resurrection was a big one. He is not even in the tomb anymore. And you cannot refute it. We believe. Oh man, do we believe. And as Jesus has said to uh, the people of Mount, when Thomas was doubting, he said, Blessed are those who believe and yet not see. We believe. though. We do. Another witness. Oh, and unfortunately, I don't know why this witness cannot be used. This witness alone should have been enough, but unfortunately, it ain't going to be enough for an unbelieving heart. Right. But a witness that speaks against them, the Father himself, which he hath sent me, hath borne witness in me. Ye have neither heard his voice at any time, nor seen his shape. And ye have not His Word abiding in you. For whom He hath sent, ye believe not. Oh, but we believe. And we believe in the Trinity. But we believe the Father was doing just as much work as the Son was doing when He was here on earth. During the ministry of Christ, the Father was in the midst. In the ministry where Jesus was being presented to John the Baptist to be baptized, the Father made his testimony and said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And that wasn't the only time. It happened near the end of his time, the week before he was to be crucified. And there wasn't a noise and stuff to come out. And here, my Son, in whom I am well pleased the Father Himself made a claim that He is my Son. He has shown that He has the authority just as the Father did. And yet, they would not believe. Why? Because His Word was not abiding in them. But we believe because he, we have been blessed to have the Word of God. And we have been blessed to have the Holy Spirit to let, that word about in us. I'm telling you, I know a lot. Uh, I've not know them, but I'm aware of a lot of atheists that know a lot of parts of the Bible. And I've heard Keith say this, and I love it when he says it. You may know the Bible, but if you don't know the author, you don't know. It's true. And it's the perfect way of saying it. But I know atheists out there who thinks they know the whole Bible. The problem is they don't know the author to say what the Bible really saying. That's the issue. We believers that can stand out and we can say, no, this is what the Scripture said. This is what is trying to get to us. This is what it's used to teach us, to bring us into the new light, to be able to show us what is right and what is wrong. But no, there's other people who do not believe and want to find something to say no and contradict each other. It's just something that just don't make sense. It never makes sense to them to begin with because they never believe. Oh, it takes a whole lot better mind to be able to understand the Scripture than someone who don't believe. Oh boy. But we believe. And there's something more that goes with the Scripture. Even though the Father is a great witness to have. There's something tangible that the people in those days have and the people today have. And there's really less excuse now than there is maybe, say, 50 years from now. I mean, 50 years ago. It's the the last witness. And that is the witness of Scripture. Verse 39. Search the Scripture. For in them you think you have eternal life. And they are they which testify of me. And you will not come to me that you may have life. He's speaking these to the same people who think they know everything. Oh, that's probably what it is. They're a bunch of know-alls. Who thinks they know what the Scripture says. And here they are coming out and saying, No, Jesus, you cannot heal someone on the Sabbath. Even though there's nowhere in the Bible to just say that, they'll just probably label that as that some form of work. Even though Jesus has said in His ministry, I am the Lord of the Sabbath, man does not work, work for the Sabbath. The Sabbath is for man. So Jesus is telling me, I am the Lord of the Sabbath. So what are you telling me to try to say that I can't do what I am, already am? I'm the one that created the Sabbath. And here, when you search the Scripture, and if I'm not going to go into the more that he really wants to point it out to them. The Jewish people are very, what's um, a good word for it. They're very prideful when it comes to the first five books of the Bible. That is Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, and Numbers. I don't know if I have that in order. I feel like that's the order. But they were very proud. I'm very proud of those first. That's the books of Moses. Moses was the one that helped them come out of Egypt to be able to receive the promised land. And it was those five books, the Jewish people call it the Torah. I think we have a different name for it, the uh, Pentateuch. Or I might mispronounce it. But, but that book, those books are very um, sacrilege to them. And for him to go and just pointed out and when they make different interpretation than what's not in there and he just makes it all and just pull the rug out from them they're not really trying to hold the scripture that God has given them what Moses has wrote and through the inspiration of God they're trying to hold the different interpretation that's attached to those scripture and that's unfortunate we do that today and I think we've had issues in the past where we're having disagreements in theology with one another, and we don't understand that sometimes the disagreement can be put aside as long as we are we are in agreement with the essential on who Jesus Christ is. But they weren't. They were not gonna listen. They were not gonna look at the scripture that it spoke of Jesus Christ. No. We're gonna have it. To them It's just another system work on how they can obtain their own righteousness. Not on how they can get right before God. We believe because it is written. I think it's as simple as that. We believe because it is written. And I can go further. I'm teaching this to um, Charlie, one of my youth in Sunday school class, on why the Bible is reliable. You have to understand, the Bible has went through so many different tests to get to what we have it now. And there's so many, there was so many different scenarios that could have happened that would actually do away with the Bible. There could have been an eruption of church unity that would have prevent the Bible to be put together. But instead, there was so much unity from different nations of churches that was able to come together and come in an agreement to know which of the little books that being written is really part of the, the Word of God to be put into a book. I'm there's been many years where the Bible could just lay, be laid aside and no longer been copied anymore. But instead, there's people who believe And they saw it was necessary for people after them to read. There was people who thought it was necessary for people to read about what Apostle Paul has told the Gentiles. Because he was the preacher and the apostle for the Gentiles. And he was helping them out because they didn't grow up with the Jewish heritage. They don't know what uh, Jews believe and all that stuff. They didn't have that kind of stuff. So the Apostle Paul came out and was able to help them and work through all that stuff. And people thought it was important enough that they should copy that. And they took it serious on how they copied it. And then they thought they should copy and keep on copying it. It made so many copies that it is irrefutable. That there's really any mistakes. Any mistake that's made, it's just typographical errors. That's it. There's no contradiction among all the manuscript that's been written. We believe. Because His Word has been written. And it can't be void. It cannot be taken away. It cannot be disputed against. And we believe. And yet for the unbelievers in verse 41, ye I, mean, I receive not honor from men. This is why they wouldn't believe. But I know you, and ye have not the love of God in you. And I come into my Father's name, and ye receive me not. If another shall come in his own name, him you will receive. How can you believe which receive honor one of another, and seek not the honor that cometh from God alone? Oh, but we believe. Because we already understood that this was all ordained by God alone. God has already demonstrated that and thank God that He gives us the Holy Spirit to give us even more comfort when we read His Word and listen to what I just said. You guys, there's no doubt in my mind that every one of you have all the belief and all the faith in what the Bible has told you and all the things that I've just told you. And yet there's so, so many people out there that just don't want any of it. Because they want to hold on to their own God, their own idol that they have set up for themselves so that they can walk in that type of idol and do whatever their own idol said they can do. They don't want to walk the fine line of Christianity, the fine line of Christ, the fine line between righteousness and wickedness. They do not want to walk around that line. They want to claim people who do want to walk that line that you're hypocrites because you can't walk that line. And that's what we say. That's the thing. They don't listen to everything we say. They're just like disobedient children and not listening to their parents to everything they say. They only take little bits and part and want to say, oh, my parents said this. No. They don't, they don't want to listen that we say, yes, we fall short from the glory of God every day. And that's all the more reason why We believe because He's the one that sent the Redeemer to redeem us of our sins and give us the Holy Spirit to bring us back to put us on the right path to walk alongside with Him. They don't listen to that part. Unfortunately, they look at too much of what we do and not what we say. And I do say that what we say should match the action of what we do. But I think they also look and pinpoint at the bad action on what we do, on where we have fallen, and not look at the good thing and hear that we are humble beings, uh, humble children of God, and that because we believe, we come and bow our feet before Him and say, forgive us, a sinner. And we just put our faith in God if He wanted to punish us in this life, we put our faith in Him to punish us. If He wants to take that punishment and put it on the cross of Christ, we put our faith in Him for that punishment. And that's the thing unbelievers will not want to listen to. It's because they don't have the ear to hear, as Jesus said, to let them hear. They will not believe. But is that an excuse for us to stop being a forerunner of Christ like John the Baptist was. Because I tell you, he had the same amount of people who was coming out against him and would not believe him. Did that stop him? Absolutely not. He still stood out there and he still told them there will be coming one mightier than I in whose shoes I am not worthy to unloose. Repent ye for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Just because John the Baptist didn't relent from what he had done that means we should not relent for what we believe. We should still tell people that there is a way from their sin that if they can only get down and humble themselves and trust in Him that He is going to work it out for them. If only we could still be the forerunners just like Christ, that, like John was. We are supposed to be forerunners. In fact, the new phrase that we're supposed to be is ambassadors for Christ. We are the ambassadors for Him. And it is by the power of God that we are standing here today able to have breath, to be able to give the very Word that God has given in our heart to share with one who needs to hear. Oh, let God work in our heart to prepare us for the next encounter that we have with someone who needs to hear. We are witnesses. Every one of us have joy in your heart. You are a witness because you believe. Oh, and because you believe, you are His witness. It works hand in hand. The joy of your, of your salvation that you have received, it's just something that's going to spark you. It may die down a little bit, but the fire never goes out. And when the time comes, then it sparks you again, gets you back on your feet to go out and say, Yeah, I am a child of God. I trust only in one salvation, and that is through Jesus Christ, who is atoned for our sin through the works of the cross. Oh, boy. We believe. Church, do you believe? And pray every one of us believe. This sermon is actually going to be recorded and it's going to be put out there. And anyone who listens to it, I hope it prayed that they will believe. I hope it prayed that the sermon is used to be able to inspire their heart to take that little firing that they had in their heart and bring it out, put some embers under it, and flame the fire to grow and get back on fire for God. Well, that's what I ask you how to get back on fire for God. Because I believe. I believe. Ms. Helton, you could come in and uh, start with the song. I'm going to open this up. Anyone who just need a time to come to God and say, Thank you for who I am. Thank you for giving me this salvation. Or if you need to come and repent, there's, this is a good time to come. Repent and say, Lord, forgive me. And thank you for already giving me a joy of salvation and for showing me that my faith can be made whole again and that I can get back on the same path and walk the path of righteousness in front of You. So if you all stand while she uh, plays the song, this is a good time for you to get involved. You don't even have to come to the altar. You can pray right where you're at. I'm telling you right now, I'm praying in my heart, I'm giving God all joy thanking Him for well, this morning. And I want you all to have the exact same opportunity as this song plays.